In sports, they say numbers never lie, but odds are they do. Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, and host Andrew Botwinick are about to go against the grain this week as we make our day-to-day picks. All views and opinions expressed in today's show do not reflect KZLX, KNWT, or Northwest Missouri State University. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. So the next game we have on our docket, one of these teams uh, took a game down to the wire and came out victorious, and the other team took a team down to the wire and was on the other side of things. We have Miami at UNC, North Carolina. North Carolina won their game against uh, almost crosstown rival, South Carolina. I guess they would be their rival almost. They they came back, won their game against South Carolina. Then you have Miami, who took on their essentially crosstown rival in Florida, took them down to the wire. Florida was able to prevail prevail 24-20, and now we see – Miami, who's coming 0-1, but a very tough game against Florida. And you have UNC, who had a very convincing comeback against South Carolina. This is going to be a tough game. I believe the spread, they don't have a spread out for this one that I could find. Um, but uh, it's going to be a and close a game. Yeah, looking at it on ESPN, it says 4.5 uh, in favor of the Hurricanes. I think this game is going to be interesting because you look at the uh, two new head coaches um, in Mac Brown and then Manny Diaz, and I think it's really interesting in terms of the Hurricanes fact because in that game against Florida, was it offensively and especially in terms of their offensive line, they they struggled mightily against Florida, and I don't know if that gives more credit to Florida, but really Miami had a, had a chance to win that game. And I don't know if that's because, man, Florida was really rusty and they did not play well. Um, they dropped back in the rankings um, this week. Florida did to from 8 to 11. So I don't know if it was a term in terms of, man, Florida just played bad or Miami's actually pretty decent. I think this will be more of a game that we can find that out because I think – with Mac Brown, I think he's bringing a new energy to North Carolina. I mean, you saw him at, after they're winning in South Carolina, a comeback victory. Mac Brown dancing in the locker room. His, his players seem to rally around him in a way. And it's, it's, I think it's a, a fun to see um, Mac Brown back in college football and for him to go out and beat an, an SEC team that, I mean, obviously isn't one of these top-tier teams. But, I mean, if you're in the SEC, you're respectable in the game of football. I mean, you just are. So this is going to be a really interesting game. Two head coaches, one coming off a narrow loss in a game they probably could have won, and then a team in North Carolina, a narrow win in a game they easily could have lost. So it depends on what storyline you kind of want to follow. Um, Defensively, both teams played really well, um, especially North Carolina late, and then – um, early on, Miami played really well, holding Florida. Felipe Franks had a good end to his game. Um, but offensively, I think it really comes down to, can Miami just hold the defensive line back a little bit so that, um, gosh, I'm blanking on their quarterback's name right now, isn't just running around like he was against Florida. I mean, that guy was just absolutely running you just had to scramble out of the pocket and make just absolutely crazy plays. Yeah, Jaron Williams. Yeah, Jaron. I mean, that guy got hit so many times. Um, and so, oh boy, I I don't know which way I'm kind of leaning towards right now in terms of picking these teams. I would probably go, well, this is tough. I'm going to go with North Carolina. I think they ride off of that energy, ride off that momentum, emotion after their win over an SEC opponent in South Carolina. I'm not super high on the ACC as a conference this year, to be completely honest. But 
Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Tar Heels in this one. I think Miami's just not quite there yet. I believe in Manny Diaz, but maybe not just yet. I believe in the Hurricanes, as you said. I believe in Manny Diaz. You know, new coach, so it is going to maybe take some time. But I think the key for Miami is if they want to win this game, Jaron Williams has to play better. He had 214 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. So, but still, he had a QBR of 38.2. That's not going to get it done in any conference, really. And yeah, 63.3 completion percentage. Uh, I think if he struggles again, like he did in the Florida game, you could see Tate Martell come in and play. Uh, for North Carolina, uh, you know, you see guys like uh, – guys like uh, – playing, <laughs> playing in there trying to find – Right, I did, did the <laughs> same thing. Uh, Daz Newsom uh, was the top receiver last week, um, four receptions for 74 yards. He, so that's a big target for Miami to uh, like cover. And the quarterback, Howell, Sam Howell, uh, he went 245 yards, two touchdowns uh, in the game against South Carolina. And if he can find Newsom, uh, you know, maybe this Miami defense can't hold the – North Carolina offense, I mean, uh, they didn't really play too well. They gave up 304 yards to Florida and, you know, Florida SEC team top 10. They are a pretty good offense, but still, you know, 304 yards. Uh, We'll see if they can improve on that. And North Carolina, you know, playing an SEC team too, maybe a lower tier SEC team, but they only gave up 270 yards. So, you know, if – if the stories just stay the same with the defense, uh, I think it could be a potentially low-scoring game. Could be, uh, you know. I just I look at these and I think I think Jaron Williams will have a better game, but part of me in the back of my head thinks Jaron Williams is not going to have a good game, and they're going to bring in Tate Martell, and I think Tate Martell will play better. So uh, with that, like Tate Martell in the back of my mind, I'm going to take Miami in this game. See, I, I'm also taking Miami, but. I'm picking them because we saw that game on August 24th. Not a good game. Super early. It was the almost week zero college football. I think now they have two weeks in between their games. Yeah. They have two weeks to prep for North Carolina. Grant, they haven't had a lot of film until this last week. I think having that extra week of practice, getting everybody set up, Jaron Williams getting set up in the offense, the def- the offensive line saying, hey, we, we got to get our guy protected. He's going to be able to make the throws that he needs to make we just have to give him the time that he has to have and i think for that reason i'm picking miami just because they're on a little bit of an extra almost essentially a bye week and prepping into this game and i think that's the only reason why i'm going to pick them so we have two more picks a couple more minutes left here uh number 12 texas a&m going up against the number one ranked clemson at clemson i think this is going to be a good game but in my opinion i think clemson still comes away with the win i think this whatever the spread was listed at 17 i disagree with that i think I it's going to be a lot closer than that but i do think clemson does still come out on top i 100 percent agree i think this it'll be a little closer i'm going to pick the number one team Look, I mean, I th- they have the best quarterback in college football. Um, I think that's a significant advantage. Also playing at home. The thing that's interesting, I think this might be Clemson's toughest game of the season. I talked about I'm not super high on the ACC this year. I think this is the toughest game of the season, and it's in week two. If they get past this game, it could be a, maybe a little downgrade now from the rest of the season, to be completely honest. And so I'm going to take Clemson, but not the spread, not a 17-point spread. Texas A&M is the number 12 team in the nation for a reason. 
Yeah, this is this plus Jimbo good. Fisher knows this team. He knows mm-hmm. this Clemson team, so that's a little bit of an advantage for Texas A&M as well. Yeah, this is going to be, I feel, the game of the week in college football. You know, Trevor Lawrence, best quarterback in college football right now, and Texas A&M. They are good. They are a top tier SEC team, number twelve in the nation. But I'm going to take the number one team in the nation, the Clemson Tigers. So Clemson all around on the board, but we all think it's going to be a lot closer game than what the spread says. Yeah. Last game on the docket for college, number six LSU going at number nine Texas. Uh, it's going to be a good game. game day in this Austin. is yeah, this is one where I'm back and forth on. I do think LSU is the better team, and I think that's why I'm going to pick them. Both teams have been putting up crazy offensive numbers. I mean, you look at LSU's last few games here, and you look at even back in the last season, put up 42 points against Rice. They put up 72 in a losing effort in seven overtimes against AM. But then they put up 40 against UCF and 55 last week against Georgia Southern. Then you look at Texas, they put up um, 45 points against Louisiana Tech, and they have the Big 12 preseason player of the year in Sam Ellinger. So this is going to be a crazy game, Um, but I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I'm not believing in Texas until they prove me wrong, so I'm going to pick LSU. I'm not believing that they're back until I see it. This could be a week where they prove me wrong, but I'm not going to pick them until they do. Yeah, I agree with Austin. (laughs) I don't think Texas is back. They're definitely better than they once were, but they're not back and good enough to beat uh, LSU, so I'm going to take the Tigers. So we've got Tigers all the way around for our last game of the college. We're going to take a quick break. And we're going to come back now. We've already been through the college. We're going to go right back into the pros because week one's back, baby. Hello and welcome back to Day-to-Day Picks. Andrew Botwinick, Sam Steinmeier, and Austin McNorton subbing in for Brady Archer, who we forgot to mention his picks. So, Sam, you've got his picks. Go ahead and run through them. Yeah, so he has Colorado over Nebraska, Miami over North Carolina, Stanford over USC, Clemson over Texas A&M, and LSU over Texas. So. so sticking pretty neutral with what we had, I, I think. I'm the only one who had Nebraska and North Carolina then. You are. That's fun. So so we'll transition <laughs> now to the NFL. It's back tonight. Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears. Bears are a three-point yeah. favorite. What do we got, guys? Three-point favorite for the Bears. Um, I'm seeing now on ESPN at least they have it as three and a half. I don't know if anywhere else is the same, but right now they're at three and a half and also – uh, I'm seeing uh, the big uh, injury for either team is Trey Burton for the Bears is questionable. So that, I think, is playing could play a factor if he doesn't play. Um, I don't know uh, if it's been announced that he is or not, but uh, Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, he's got Alan, uh, I feel a better, healthier Allen uh, Robinson now coming off the ACL injury. You know, he's got Tariq Cohen in the backfield, who is, now that we know, a very serviceable back, very good back. And uh, that defense, Eddie Jackson, Khalil Mack, all those guys, for that reason, really mainly the defense, I'm going to take Chicago. Yeah, I'm going to go in a similar route. So it's interesting to look at kind of one of the storylines of this game in the fact that uh, – so last season we saw that it was a new head coach in Chicago with Matt Nagy taking Mitchell Trubisky to Lambeau Field to kick off the season. And now it's a new head coach in Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, and him and Aaron Rodgers are headed to Soldier Field in Chicago to take on the Bears. So it's an interesting storyline in that regard. And look, Khalil Mack's a beast. He proved that last year. This Chicago defense is a 
beast. Matt Nagy knows what he's doing defensively for Chicago. Um, and the fact that Aaron Rodgers now has – if this is the first time he's had a new offense since 2008 – which is kind of crazy to think about, um, but I think that was before he was even a starter. Yeah, so gosh, yeah, it might have been because Brett Favre was, was there till '09. Yeah, so this is the first time he's ever had a new offense um, since he's been a Packer, and so you put that in new offense for the first time in a game setting on the road against the toughest defense in the NFC. Boy, that's a brutal. That's a brutal start to the season. Um, so. The line makes this game interesting with it being three and a half. Um, but I think I'm going to take Chicago. I'm going to take the Bears um, in their home opener. This is one of the most historic rivalries in the game of football. And um, Chicago just finally knocked off the Packers' five-game winning streak last season. And so they're like, look, we have the upper edge right now, so let's keep it going. Don't give it back to them. Don't, di- don't give it back to Green Bay. Um but it's interesting to watch those the storylines of the new offense versus the best defense. So, and but Aaron Rodgers is a beast. So, if the Packers pull out some miracle, it literally wouldn't surprise me at all because it's Aaron Rodgers. But I'm going to lean towards the Bears right now. Yeah, I mean, same thing. The defense is really good. Uh, you know, you can't really block Khalil Mack. I mean, no. You could try to <laughs> try to neutralize him a little bit, but Khalil Mack is going to get to Aaron Rodgers, and for that reason, the Bears are going to win this game. And not to mention Khalil Mack, we've already mentioned him, Roquan Smith out of Georgia. I believe yeah. they, they drafted him as well, so that's another guy on that defense that's going to be down Aaron Rodgers' throughout the whole game. I think that three-and-a-half-point spread is very generous towards the Packers. I, I think I'm picking the Bears. Probably a double-digit win. I, I think... Aaron Rodgers is going to show some struggle in week one in this new offense. I think towards the end of the season, he's going to be a lot better in this offense. But I think week one against the Bears, primetime game, I think he's going to struggle a little bit like he did last year. So so we'll get into the two interesting matchups here. We have just over 10 minutes left here. Rams and Panthers. And this is one that initially everybody goes, Rams, because it's they're the they're NFC Super, Super Bowl, Bowl representatives, yeah, yeah. They, and and ESPN and what I'm seeing now is a two point favorite for the Rams. Not so not necessarily jumping out as the no. NFC representative no. for the Super Bowl here. Yeah, I don't think people are as high on the Rams this season, and I'm actually one of them. I I, I mean, and yeah, it's like you. You say, well, Jared Goff could be a system quarterback. Honestly, though, what's wrong with being a system quarterback? I mean, if you look at it, isn't Tom Brady a system quarterback? I mean, if you're a guy who just fits so perfectly, you're going to win. So it's like, oh, Sean McVay's the guy. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you have to have someone who can go out there and execute your plan, and Jared Goff has been doing that for the Rams. Well, and apparently have, being a systems quarterback gets you paid. Four years, $134 <laughs> exactly. million dollar extension yesterday. that. Jeez. He's, he's going to be getting paid to be in that system representing them. So I think that's in terms of the Rams, and, and maybe that's why I like Seattle so much, is um, they've said, look, this is our guy for the foreseeable future. We're locking him up. The Seahawks locked up Russell Wilson. The Cowboys locked up Zeke. The Rams locked up Jared Goff. These are our guys for the foreseeable future. Um, whereas in Carolina, you don't even know if Cam Newton's going to play the whole season. 
Um, obviously, defensively, Luke Keekley's getting up in age, but he's still a monster. Um, and and then so, it being a road game, I think, becomes tough for L.A. But And another thing is, too, is people are saying, well, the Rams might have some more film on them now, maybe more of Sean McVay's schemes. Good luck. I mean, that's a lot easier said than done. Um, so I'm going to pick the Rams, but I do think it will be a close game for sure. Um, within a touchdown, probably. I'd say probably six to three points is what I would lean towards. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that like, you mentioned people having more film on Sean McVay. I don't think uh, in terms of offensively, like anyone besides Bill Belichick, they're not going to outcoach Sean McVay. Uh, he's the second best coach in the league, I think. And, um, you know he's gonna have some schemes for the Rams that the Panthers have probably never seen before. They don't have film on, so uh, I think the Rams will win this game. I think I do think it's gonna be close because I think Cam Newton is going to play. He does have uh, DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey is always a weapon, and that defense is good. Luke Kuechly, as Austin said, is a beast. Uh, so this is gonna be a close game, and especially with Carolina being the home team, they're gonna stick in the game. But I think. Eventually, the Rams are going to pull away. Probably a touchdown victory for LA. And and who does who does Brady have? Brady has the Rams over the Panthers. So I am the only one picking the Panthers. I <laughs> it's my time has came. I, I said it on WSK. I've said it for a couple of weeks. The Rams team is going to be in a slump this season. On on paper. They have Jared Goff. Yeah, we went over that. He's he's phenomenal. They added in Blake Bortles, who who's a serviceable backup, not a guy that's going to go in and win you the division, but he's going to get you a win or two in, in any given season. You've got Todd Gurley. You gave up C.J. Anderson, and now you have Malcolm Brown as and the backup. And who knows how if Todd Gurley will play the whole season? Yeah, and that's something to to be noteworthy as well. You've got Cooper Cup, who, who's shown he's a great receiver. You have Brandon Cooks, who has been a great receiver. Uh, you have Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds. You have some younger guys on offense. And then you flip it over and look at Carolina. We already mentioned DJ Moore. Another guy that has proven his worth down the stretch, Chris Hogan. In any close game that the Patriots had in the last few years, Chris Hogan makes some 50-yard incredible route where he's wide open. There is no one yeah. near him, and that's what ends up sealing the deal. I think it's And if it's a close game, Cam Newton, who has, reports have shown that he is healthy, he, he's looking more like his rookie yourself, and I don't know how much I believe that because obviously that was Cam Newton's best year. I think it's closer to say he's getting closer to his rookie year uh, form, but it's still Cam Newton. You, you still have Christian McCaffrey who's going to be getting a, a million touches, like I say, every single time. He's, he's going to touch the ball every single play if they'll let him. You have guys that are big playmakers on Carolina's offense, as well as their defense. You've, you've got, we've already mentioned it, you've got Luke Keekley, you've got players like his caliber. He's going to be a coach on the field as well. And I think in the very first week, Panthers are going to put themselves on the board. They're not going to do much with it later on in the season. But I think they, they start to get that kind of Super Bowl slump that the Rams are in right now. And, and granted, they didn't win it, but I think they're going to try and slump a little bit this season, and they're going to have to kick it into high gear late in the season, and it might be too late at that point. The last one on our docket <laughs> was going to be Denver Broncos oh. at Oakland Raiders, but now it looks like it's Mike Mayock versus Antonio Brown. <laughs> A little bit of some some back-and-forth banter between the two of those guys. Antonio Brown 
not showing up to a practice, gets fined, comes back on, on social media about it, Mike Mayock and, and him get into a verbal altercation, it seems like. Now it looks like Antonio Brown might be sitting for this game, potentially more even. And we'll kind of get into that. Initially, when I looked at it, it was an even point pick Now it looks like, because of what happened, Denver is a two-point favorite. And I think I'm picking – I was going to pick Denver regardless, but now I'm definitely going to pick Denver. Yeah. 100%. I don't I, need to say any more. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had the Oakland Raiders going in this game, but then I had the notification about Antonio Brown and how you know the verbal altercation, he pointed a football, said, find me for that. And, you know – there's just too much distraction going on with this Oakland Raiders team, like let alone what AB went through with the helmet, you know. And now adding this on, I think he's just putting too much non-football stuff on the <laughs> Oakland Raiders. They can't focus. So I think the Denver Broncos, they're not a strong team, Denver. They really only have Philip Lindsay and maybe Noah Fant. You know, he's... Uh, the other Iowa tight end that came out of the draft that is supposed to be very good. Uh, but I think with all the distractions around Oakland, I'm going to take the Broncos as well. Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos. Um, when is it ever a good idea to get in a fight with your GM? As, like, what possibly goes through your head to say, you know what, screw this guy. Oh, wait, he's my boss. He's paying me money. Maybe I should shut up about it. You know, like when is it ever a good idea to just absolutely lose your freaking mind on, on your boss? Never a good idea. Um, there's too much going on with, with the Raiders. I thought it was like a hard knocks deal, but now it's, now it's going to be affecting their season. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pick the Broncos as well. And who does Brady have for this one before we go to break? Brady, and I don't know if he did this before or after um, what's been happening, but he has the Raiders. Vegas says a lot when it comes to sports, but every pick has their argument. It's time for our weekly game of what are the odds. We'll jump now to another topic. This one could take a little while. We've got quarterbacks that are on the hot seat this year. We've got some obvious names like Fitzpatrick, Case Keenum, Andy Dalton potentially, and then there are some other names that you're like, well, I could see an argument for them as well. Jameis Winston, I put on here Jacoby Brissett. We'll get more into that whenever his name comes back up later. Marcus Mariota, even Kyler Murray potentially on the hot seat. We'll go ahead and start with the ones that are more obvious, Fitzpatrick, Keenum, and anybody else that we didn't have on this list that you think should be on the hot seat. Feel free to throw them in this this lump as well. Well, for me, uh, I, I don't think – Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's on the Dolphins next year, I don't think if I don't think if it's a case of thin ice. I just think it's this is might be his last. If he decides to retire after this year, this might be his last go around in the NFL. Because like we've said, they're tanking for Tua. If they don't get Tua, they'll still probably draft a quarterback, and they have Josh Rosen. We don't. Ryan Fitzpatrick may not even start the entire year. Uh, with other quarterbacks like Case Keenum who has someone young behind him who isn't really uh, a journeyman like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he went to the NFC Championship game with the Vikings, but he is on thin ice because Dwayne Haskins is coming. Honestly, personally, I think Dwayne Haskins should be starting week one just so they can have a fresh face and lock him up as a franchise quarterback. But uh, we'll see who gets the start. But I think Keenum... Is really one on thin ice, and Jameis Winston 
I think uh, not more so his on-the-field uh, ability, but his off-the-field. If he has another off-the-field issue, I think he's gone. Yeah, I, I would agree in the fact that there's a lot of question marks maybe with Jameis Winston um, with new head coach coming in. Maybe he, he learns um, – what to do maybe on and off the field in terms of decision-making. Um, I think Bruce Arians is a good enough coach to potentially help Jameis Winston. But if you, if, you, if you truly don't see any type of positive change in Jameis Winston for this season, then 100%. I agree 100% that Marcus Mariota is on the hot seat. Andrew and I have already talked about that. Um, Case Keenum, obviously. Maybe you can even add Eli Manning to this list. I was going to say Eli when it got back to me. I was going to yep. say I completely forgot to even put him on there, Eli, even yeah, though yeah. he's on the probably one of the biggest hot seats. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Jones is sitting right in his shadow. Um, and then in Case Keenum's case, you have um, Dwayne Haskins right there. Josh Rosen is maybe interesting. Maybe my Maybe Josh Rosen you could even put on this list because – if Miami is sitting there at the bottom of the draft, like I think they will be, they're getting Tua. Like, you know, so even you can even throw Fitzpatrick and um, Josh Rosen on this hot seat for Miami. Um, Andy Dalton, I think, is maybe an interesting one because I, I do think Zach Taylor wants a new guy, but I don't know when. I think there may be some other issues that he will want to address when draft comes around. Who knows? Um, but he's approaching there. But Kyler Murray is a c- interesting. Why Why Kyler Murray already on the hot seat? I, I, and I just put that in there because for the same reason I put Brissett in there. Yeah. Is because those we, are the two we I was don't like, have hmm. a lot of film exactly. on those guys. And I, I think and, – and this I put those on there solely for the fact of just to argue against it because I don't think either one of those guys are going to be on there. Yeah. Clearly Brissett because he just signed the new extension – He's not on the hot seat anymore. He's probably going to be their guy. They, I mean, and, and I think Kyler Murray, his first year, rookie year, he's going to have some struggles because he's new to the NFL. I think that's just how it's going to go. I put him mainly on there just to see if the offense doesn't work out the way that Kingsbury wants it to. Is he going to try and abandon ship like he did with Rosen beforehand? You look at the rest of the NFL, you have Cowboys with Dak Prescott, not on the hot seat. Uh, Tom Brady never gonna his his seat is frozen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers similar <laughs> boat. Carson Wentz, uh, Mitch Trubisky. You have Derek Carr with the Raiders. I don't think he's nearly on a hot seat, but I think it's getting a little bit warmer. Um, Seahawks, you're good with Russell Wilson. Giants, we already went over that. Pittsburgh, you have Ben Roethlisberger. He's probably not gonna be on a hot seat anytime soon. Uh, the Browns, they found they finally found their guy in Baker Mayfield. You have the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo. You have Kirk Cousins. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be on the hot seat, but I think in another two seasons, if he hasn't brought them back to the playoffs or, or far in the playoffs, I think that's when you start to see it uh, potentially come around. The Broncos, we didn't even get over this one. Joe Flacco, now that Drew Locke is on the IR, Joe Flacco's seat gets a little bit colder potentially. Is his his seat still as hot as it was at the beginning of the season in the preseason? I think, I think it's still hot, like – uh, the I think Joe knows in the back of his mind, Drew Lott's not staying on the IR forever. Uh, I got to prove myself and show that I'm better than him, and I deserve a spot on this team. Uh, but you know, I I think Drew Lock being on the IR maybe colds his like freezes his seat a little bit, since you know they got to wait and uh, rehab 
Drew Locke, but he's still very much on the hot seat. I also think in the case of Joe Flacco is that maybe it allows him to be more comfortable and more of a, I'm just going to go out there and do my thing rather than constantly looking over my shoulder. When does, when's Elway going to say to put Drew Locke in the game? You know, I, he's going to say, all right, it's my season. I'm the guy. Let's go do it. Rather than constantly saying, oh, I threw, I threw an interception. Is Locke warming up? You yeah, know, exactly. He won't be doing that now. So I think that kind of helps Joe Flacco in a sense. I, I was just about to say, it's almost like you kind of finally get that chip off your shoulder. You're, you're looking back like what you were saying, Austin. There, Drew Locke's not going to be there warming up because he's not going to be able to play. And I think that's going to help him. His seat cools off a little bit for the near future. But I still think towards the end of the season, they might they might try and fit something new in there. You go to the Bills, Josh Allen, he's their guy. The Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, he's not going anywhere. We already went through the Dolphins situation, the, the Redskins situation. The Jets and Sam Darnold, I think that that experiment is still going on. I think that uh, With a new head coach as well. I think there there's no hot seat in, in New York for that team. Um, the Saints, you still have Drew Brees. <laughs> you still have consistency. You have Texans with Deshaun Watson, Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Those guys are both safe. We already went over the Cardinals. I think the Lions stick with Matt Stafford for as long as he wants to play there. Um, I think that he's been their guy consistently, and he's been the only guy that's been able to be there consistently. The Panthers and Cam Newton, I think the only hot seat that he's going to be on is if he's going to be able to play because of injury. I I don't think it's going to be them pulling him. I think it's going to be can he physically play the game of football. I feel like that's a little bit with Mariota too. Mm -hmm. I, I I think yes to what you're saying, but I also think Mariota hasn't been able to do as much on the field as Cam has been when they're both healthy. Very true. Rams, Jared Goff just signs the biggest extension in all of the NFL <laughs> history. He's coldest seat, I think, in the NFL in general <laughs> right now. Colts, we're over that. Jacoby Brissett's fine. Phillip Rivers, perfectly fine. Atlanta, you have Matt Ryan, you're good. Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston, and then we have Andy Dalton with the Bengals. I think Nick Foles... Perfectly fine in, mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. And then rounding it out, Tennessee. We already kind of went over that. Marcus Mariota. I think he is on the hot seat this year. I think if he doesn't get them to a playoff victory, even though he had one a year or two ago against the Chiefs, I think this Tennessee team needs to show that they're making steps in the right direction. They, they Making the playoffs is one thing, but making it to an AFC championship is something that they haven't really ventured with, Mar- with Mariota. Who's on the hotter seat, Jason Garrett or Dak Prescott? Jason I, Garrett. I think definitely. at this point yeah. it has to be Jason Garrett. He's been agree. proving consistency at eight and eight. He <laughs> needs to get over that hump. And if Dak Prescott, if every if we went through them, everybody on that team was perfect. They, on paper, this is a perfect Their team. Their roster is stacked. And and looking at quarterback, yeah, Dak Prescott might not be the the most lavish quarterback in the NFL, but he's still a viable quarterback. He's able to get stuff done exactly what how you want it. Jason Garrett just has to be able to tell him what to do. 